Hello, welcome to the Mediocre Takes podcast, the podcast where we talk about our mediocre takes on the shows and movies we watch. I'm Marco and I'm here with my co-host Mel. How are you doing, Mel? My throat hurt a little bit. I've been singing all day because Paramore's new album just came out. Oh my god, anyway, yeah, I've been singing it all day because I love it so much. Today we're going to be talking about a movie called But I'm a Cheerleader. Oh yeah, this is another Queer Movie Night episode. For those of you who don't know, each month we try to talk about a queer movie. We accidentally missed the month of January. It's fine, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. But yeah, we'll try to do one every month. We start this movie with Megan and her boyfriend hanging out after cheer practice. They kiss. We cut to their family eating dinner where where the dad says some strange things. We cut to Megan back at school where she and her boyfriend make out again. We cut to her back at home. Then a man named Mike tells Megan that her family and her friends have want to have a conversation with her. Her parents say that they think she's a lesbian. Megan doesn't take this well. She's forced to go to True Directions, a conversion camp. Megan meets Mary, the leader of True Directions. They make Megan change her clothes. Hillary shows Megan around the house, which is one of the girls at True Directions who's being converted. We cut to Megan being introduced to the rest of the group where they all have to admit that they're homosexual. They try to convince Megan that she's a lesbian then she realizes she is a lesbian because she has uh, thoughts about girls that other people don't. We cut to the girls zoning about gender roles and their roles as women. Then the group of homos start talking about what happened to them and made them homosexuals in the first place. They do some more practicing of gender roles and then they have group therapy. Graham's father doesn't take group therapy well and says that if she doesn't stop being a lesbian then she'll have no college and no trust fund. So the scene where Megan and her boyfriend start kissing each other is so gross and makes me feel so uncomfortable. I'm surprised that Megan hasn't broken up with her boyfriend already because that shit is so nasty. Ugh. It just made me so uncomfortable. Hillary is so funny. Like that scene where she touched another girl's breasts and how she acted towards Megan is hilarious. I really like how the music started when Megan's mother says, Honey, we think you're a lesbian. And I like how Mike is all like, I was once an ex-gay and it was a disease or something like that. I really like the camp aesthetic feels when Megan and the other homosexuals are learning about gender roles. Like everything is so blue and pink and gray. It feels really camp. The aesthetic is very pretty. I find it funny that the owner of the camp, Mary, is watering a flake flower to show how fake everything at the camp is. Like that's really on the nose, but I kind of like the fact that's on the nose. I really like how color is used in this movie. Everyone who is queer wears pink and blue, while everyone who isn't wears blue. Brown. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but at the beginning of the movie, Megan wears yellow to show that she is different from other girls, while all the other girls wear brown. Right, they did a really good job, like, in the beginning, depicting Megan's thoughts by, like, splicing clips of cheerleaders while her boyfriend tries to eat her face. Also, I watched this movie as a kid. I think I was maybe, like, ooh, 10 or 11. And this was also when I was like, oh my god, am I, like, am I a homosexual? Anyway, one of my earliest m memories of watching this was I was at my mom's house on the weekend. I saw that she had this DVD, and I put it in the TV, and... I remember I was in the living room and I was like very close to the television. I had the volume on 
almost at the lowest setting and I was just watching it super close and keeping an eye on her door to make sure she wouldn't come out because I was basically watching Sin. The, it was also so interesting to see how the indicators people use to figure out if someone's a lesbian is basically the same. Like <laughs> you can take that, that intervention scene, apply it to now. I, I don't really think that any of the indicators have changed at all. I, I did like how they were talking about how she had like depictions of like vaginas in art. I really like how they're like, you tried to make us eat tofu, so you're a lesbian. <laughs> also, this is the darkest I've ever seen RuPaul. I just want to throw that out there. Everything that is being said in this movie can be applied to things that people still say today, especially that, that part where Mary was talking about when she first met Megan. It was lucky that they got her in so soon and how like they almost lost her to college, you know, before she learned about liberal arts. Did you watch the like director's cut or like- No. The Okay, I guess I accidentally watched the director's cut. There were a couple scenes in the one that I watched that I have like never seen before. And one of them was she watched this, I guess, like introduction tape before she went to the circle or whatever to admit that she's a homosexual. And it was a interview with a woman who caught the sickness of uh, homosexuality and how through going through true direction, she became like normal. Something that I want to bring up that happens a lot in stories about lesbian lesbianism or whatever is how like lesbians are always depicted as predators or creepy in the little introduction scene I guess in the director's cut in this fake interview this girl is talking about how this woman forced her to do things sexually to other women and how she was like thrown off a motorcycle and stuff and super harmful things and I know that this was just like an exaggeration to be like oh homosexuals are so scary but also this is a true scare tactic that is used back then and still now to make us look like horrible people I understand why this was cut out it was such a downer to watch that fucking plummeted the mood so so quickly for me I was like holy shit like this hurts my feelings but anyway you should try and find that scene on the internet because that actually hurt my feelings Graham is obviously my favorite when I first saw her the first time I watched this I thought she was like the coolest person ever and I had the hugest crush on the actress for like the longest of times also I didn't mention this when we reviewed happiest season but she is the director for happiest season how do you say his name Dolph I think is how you say that character's name aka American Dragon Jake Long aka Prince Zuko I'm sorry but dude hearing his voice is so so crazy made this movie so much better the whole boyfriend conversation during the little circle talk was so funny okay so the boyfriend conversation was really interesting because I think a lot of younger gay people can relate to it especially ones that grow up religious where they sort of use that excuse of oh well I'm like waiting till marriage or of course I, I wouldn't do anything sexual with my opposite sex partner I'm I'm Christian and it's so funny because when I was in third grade this boy asked me to kiss him during recess and I told him I like panicked and I told him I couldn't and he was like what why not and then I was like because I'm waiting till marriage I knew all along I like how they were able to mock traditional gender roles by sort of exaggerating them to the point where they ended up sexualizing them I also loved the excessive use of like blue and pink it reminded me very much of like the 50s and stuff okay I think it's Shanae her saying that her root <laughs> 
for being gay is being born in France was like any sort of France slander I'll take, but I don't know. It was funny. So Megan starts to think that maybe the root of her problem was the fact that her mom worked for nine months or something like that while her dad was like demasculized or something like that. Megan talks to Graham and Graham says that conversion therapy is stupid and that it doesn't work and that you are who you are. You just have to live with that. Megan catches two of the boys kissing and Mary puts one of the boys in a little house. We cut to more of them learning about gender rules and Megan and Graham are slowly starting to fall in love. Megan realizes the group is sneaking out and goes with them. They meet two gay men who used to be at True Directions and they go to a gay bar. Megan gets asked to dance by a girl. She leaves when she sees a girl touch Graham's butt. Graham and Megan kiss. They sneak back inside of True Directions. Mary finds something from the bar and thinks that Graham knows who snuck out. Okay, so Graham makes Mary forget about it by saying Graham has a crush on Joel. Megan's parents say that if she doesn't change her ways, then her parents are cutting Megan out of her life. We cut to the group of gays protesting at the house of the guy who helped take the kids to the bar. We cut to another compilation of the group of gays learning about their gender roles. Andre ends up not passing the test and is forced to leave. I hate this idea that there's a route to being queer. Like, I know there actually aren't roots when it comes to being gay. My god, did I hate that scene where Megan talk about her route and annoyed the hell off me. Okay, so I like this movie, but as I'm rewatching it, I've realized I don't really see chemistry between Megan and Graham. I don't get why they like each other so much. Probably thinks the reason they like each other is because they're both had true directions and they just caught on to each other at the right time or found each other hot or something like that not because they genuinely like each other i, I don't know do you see chemistry in these characters i see chemistry in these characters in the way that i mean in a lot of like lesbian media the only representation we get is like sort of mean white girl and then like sort of uppity white girl and then oh look at that it's a brunette and a blonde wow so strange marco it doesn't really matter <laughs> if okay. you actually see chemistry in it i think i do in the way that graham just she always looks like she has sexy eyes every time she looks at megan she just looks like she wants to fuck her so sort of i guess i find it funny that graham tricked mary into thinking she's not a homosexual anymore because she's like i have a crush on this guy I I never thought that I would live to hear Zuko say, shut the fuck up, you stupid little bitch. But I am so glad I did. Also, the thing about the doghouse, I just I just can't stop thinking about, it is locked from the outside with a padlock. My only question is, what does someone do when they need to pee? Like, is there a is there a piss bucket? And if so, is there at least like a lid that they can put on it? Or are they just like smelling whatever piss and shit that they had to take that night for the whole night? Also, is there insulation? It was such an obscure thing to put in there, like a literal doghouse. But I have so many questions about it. Also, another very interesting line we hear, underground homo railroad. What a thing to hear, especially during Black History Month, no less. Also, the dancing scene in the club was so... <laughs> strange 90s club music the slow dancing and then the weird eye contact between graham and megan like okay at that point i did not see the like romantic connection it was just it was just so weird oh yeah not to mention the fact that megan is a 17 year old dancing with an an, an adult of undisclosed age that also weirded me out and i really liked the character jan i think her role in this story it was small but it was very important and i think her exit was 
perfect. Megan and Graham make out in the bed. Everyone catches them. Megan gets kicked out of the program, but Graham is told she can still save herself. Megan goes to the place of the gay dudes who used to be at True Directions. She decides she's going to live with them until she can get ready to leave on her own. We cut back to Graham having fake sex. Okay, so I forgot to explain this, but basically the last part of the True Directions program is to have this like fake sex scene thing with a guy. So Graham has to have fake sex with Rock while having fake sex, like practicing and stuff, while Mary's like, sex is supposed to be fun. Let him put your love muscle on you and stuff like that. They continue to do the simulation for a bit and Megan is asked what she wants to do now that she's free by the gay guys. Megan goes to a gay bargain and says that she's missing Graham. Megan decides to go back to True Direction for Graham. Megan tries to get Graham but fails then she decides to cry again in her cheerleader outfit. She does a cheer for Graham and they run back together and kiss. And that's the end of the movie. Okay so I get that the two gay adults are supposed to show what healthy communication looks like but I just couldn't help but find their dialogue like a little bit cringe. Like when they say sorry to each other and shit I just wanted to literally gag. Like that felt so gross to me. I find the fake sex scene to be so fucking funny and weird. Like what the fuck were the writers thinking? When Mary said love muscle I want to die on the inside. Yeah that simulated sex scene was so strange but also it seems 100% like something that like would happen in a conversion camp. That ending was extremely cheesy and i loved it so much honestly it was just it's it's just so like heartfelt and it was so upbeat and it was so like it's just it just seems like a like a teenager's dream which i feel like this whole it was just so nice and it was so light and i'm so happy that both of them lived and neither of them died and they were together at the end this movie was really funny it was really iconic i really liked it this was like the first queer movie i've ever watched by the way so it was a good one to start at i only watched this movie because a commentary youtuber i like mentioned it in one of her videos and then i watched it and i really enjoyed it so thanks this movie was like so horribly sad <laughs> when you really like think about it because there are just so many lines and scenes just so sad but are the reality for so many people um especially with like all the scenes where people are talking about like risking literally being disowned and being homeless i think that in the beginning and in the middle when those sort of topics are brought up there was a lot of funny lines and and silly things going on that sort of masked the, the sad true reality of like what they were actually saying but near the end it got more serious this is a movie that i think every every baby gay should watch um because I, I genuinely feel like it can relate to at least one of these uh characters most of these characters are diverse enough in a way that they're all sort of telling a story and they all sort of have their own little storyline and i do think that most people can can look at one of these characters and be like oh they're sort of like me or i'm sort of like them and the happy ending is also why <laughs> i think baby gays should watch this don't watch portrait of a lady on fire don't let that be your first lesbian film those are our thoughts on but i'm a cheerleader if you want to send us a voice message on anchor there'll be a link in the description below to do so we also have an instagram tiktok and twitter at midtakespod which will be in the description if i remember to write it and that's everything so goodbye